Welcome to the Philosophical Egg Timer, the podcast where philosophical ideas are scrambled up in about five minutes. On this episode of the Egg Timer, we'll be considering John Stuart Mill's basic ideas about liberty and his harm principle as outlined in his 1859 book on liberty. So Mill was a classical liberal, so he assigned a great deal of value to the liberty of individuals from his on liberty. If all mankind minus one were of one opinion, and only one person were of the contrary opinion, mankind would be no more justified in silencing that one person than he, if he had the power, would be justified in silencing mankind. Now, some of you listening who know Mill's work might be asking, how does this idea fit with the defense of utilitarianism that Mill published just two years after the publication of On Liberty? The simple and correct answer, I think, is that it doesn't fit, or at least if it does fit, it doesn't fit very well. There's simple, there's simply no easy way to square Mill's treatment of individual rights and liberty with his defense of utilitarianism. Some philosophers have tried to do exactly that, but I think those efforts face very, very significant difficulties. Again, from On Liberty. The only freedom which deserves the name is that of pursuing our own good in our own way, so long as we do not attempt to deprive others of theirs or impede their efforts to obtain it. You can see from the second half of this reference that Mill sees the need to offer some sort of idea or principle that spells out what it would mean to deprive others of their liberty or their efforts to obtain it. And this spelling out on Mill's part, is what philosophers have come to call the harm principle. And here again is Mill in his own words from On Liberty. That principle is that the sole end for which mankind are warranted, individually or collectively, in interfering with the liberty of action of any of their number is self-protection, that the only purpose for which power can be rightfully exercised over any member of a civilized community against his will is to prevent harm to others. His own good, either physical or moral, is not sufficient warrant. He cannot rightfully be compelled to do or forbear because it would be better for him to do so, because it will make him happier, because in the interest of others to do so would be wise or even right. So shortly later, in that same text, in the same thread of thought, Mill continues, in the part which merely concerns himself, his independence is of right absolute. Over himself, over his own body and mind, the individual is sovereign. So Mill's harm principle here is an attempt to spell out when it's justifiable to restrict liberty. And his simple answer is that liberty restrictions can be justified to prevent harm, not to self, but harm towards others, invoking other-directed harm as a standard for when liberty can be restricted. It's an extremely important idea for any society because without it, the door is left wide open for the, stri- for the state to restrict liberty whenever it pleases by invoking some vague notion of promoting the good, right? So if you don't have a harm principle, the state can simply say, well, we're going to make these laws and restrict these liberties for the good. They don't even have to invoke a notion of harm being caused to an individual. Mill does distinguish harm from offense. Mere offense for Mill is simply not enough to restrict liberty. So harm for Mill must go beyond merely upsetting or offending another person. 
But noting this distinction, you're just not going to find a completely clear and consistent treatment of harms that allow for the restriction of liberty from Mill. He makes exceptions to his own principle that, frankly, seem ad hoc. For example, he suggests that the liberty to agree to voluntary enslavement should be forbidden. But this does not square very well with his idea that liberty restrictions ought to only be applied to how a person treats other people, right? On its face, this liberty principle forbids restrictions of liberty based on paternalism. But Mill here seems to backpedal from this idea, and he allows a bit of paternalism. Mill also argues that laws against public drunkenness can be made on the grounds of decency. So he's kind of got a bit of a backpedaling from his example for paternalism. We're not going to let people agree to voluntary enslavement. And we're going to allow for public drunkenness laws on the grounds of decency. But if a state can restrict liberty on the grounds of decency, then that's just not much of a check against what a state can do to restrict liberty generally. They can always just claim it's for decency, right? That's exactly what the harm principle is trying to avoid. But again, Mill, by endorsing this example, seems to backpedal. Another difficulty with Mill's defense of his harm principle is that he never offers a clear treatment of what harm actually amounts to. For Mill, harms clearly include things like physical assaults. But those are the easy cases of harm that would justify a liberty restriction. There are also financial harms, such as those suffered when one person defrauds another. In cases of fraud, they sure seem like they justify a liberty restriction. There can also be significant emotional and psychological harms, such as cases of emotional abuse or extreme cyberbullying that could also plausibly serve to justify a liberty restriction. So a point of reflection for those of you who think that Mill is on the right track with his harm principle is to consider what exactly should be included within the parameters of the concept of harm. Now, the last issue with the harm principle for this egg timer is that of risk. Mill recognized that placing others at risk in certain ways ought to involve liberty restrictions, but he never clearly spells out the conditions where the creation of risk justifies a restriction of liberty. When thinking about liberty restrictions and risk, the example of drunk driving is very informative. Drunk driving laws are a justifiable restriction of liberty, but they are not justified merely because of what did happen, but because of what could or can happen. The drunk driver exposes others to an unacceptable level of risk to harm, even if no harm actually occurs. So if you want the state to have laws that restrict drunk driving before an injury or worse takes place, and you should, and you endorse the harm principle, then you need to augment the harm principle with liberty restrictions, which involve placing others at risk in certain ways. The same discussion here applies to the mandated use of face masks or social distancing in public places during an epidemic. Mandating that people wear face masks or stand, say, six feet away from others in public is a restriction of liberty. But the enforcement of any legal mandate is a restriction of liberty. But it is fair to ask if such restrictions are justifiable under the harm principle once risk to others is taken into account. And finally here, an example from Robert Nozick's libertarian classic, Anarchy State and Utopia, to bolster the idea that a plausible harm principle must restrict the liberty of at least some risky or potentially harmful actions. 
Imagine that a person really likes to play Russian roulette, but this person doesn't want to risk his or her own survival. So to avoid that nasty side effect of possible death, they play the game with the heads of others without their knowledge. Without drawing any attention, this individual finds a sleeping person, spins the chamber, and pulls the trigger of their firearm aimed at the head of another. As luck would have it, no one finds out about this behavior, including the sleeping person, and the bullet is never shot from the weapon. If the harm per the harm principle, excuse me, does not restrict this type of liberty, then we need a new principle that tells us when liberty ought to be restricted. If, on the other hand, the harm principle does restrict this type of liberty, then supporters of the idea cannot ignore the role that risk plays. Until next time on the Philosophical Egg Timer, wishing you good philosophical.